Help us, Lord. God's given us a word for this year, and we're going to embrace it, and we're going to walk in it, we're going to study it, we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to, uh, to, embr- and to uh, see the manifests of it in our lives. He said this is a year of open heaven. Open heavens, that means divine assistance and divine favor and divine input and divine uh, provision like we've never seen before. Isn't it awesome that God wants to take us from glory to glory? He said, you think, that, you think your past has been something. Your testimony is so old, it's got rust on it. He said, you need a new testimony of a miracle. You need a new testimony of supernatural provision. You need a new testimony. Amen. Amen. Some of us got a little rusty, crusty things that we talk about 20 years ago. God did like God stopped doing 20 years ago. God said, I'm here doing it right now. Hallelujah. We don't want to despise what God has done in the past, but we need to continue on in him. Our God is alive. He's on the throne. Amen. So we're going to be looking in this, uh, studying the divine favor of God and the open heavens. And uh, and tonight we're going to be looking at some ingredients that I believe God has uh, for our uh, operating this year in this open heaven. It's open heaven bringing you into your divine destiny uh, because you have purpose and destiny that God is destined for you and He is doing everything on His part to get you into it. Stop fighting God. Man, let's start flowing with God. Instead of fighting against God, let's start flowing with God because if God's got your back, let me tell you what, there is not a group in the world that can have your back like God would have your back. He does not sleep. He has all power. He has all knowledge. He has all, he's ever present. Man, when God's got your back, whether you're asleep or not or whatever, God is still working on your behalf. So we're going to be looking at this open heaven that God has for us, bringing you into your divine destiny. So tonight we're going to look specifically at three ingredients to bring you into your divine destiny. Three ingredients. And we're going to look at Jeremiah 29 verse 11. So if you want to turn there, you can. I've got the scripture up for you to read if you want. Uh, Brother Paul, Chef Paul, Chef Tiffany, uh, where are my my caterers? Oh, that's right. They're working with the kids. Okay. Well, uh, this this is something that I believe we'll all be able to to identify with. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the faults that I think towards you, says the Lord. Says the Lord. This isn't Pastor Tim talking. This isn't some theologian talking. This isn't some scribe just writing down their own words. This is what God is saying. God says, I know. Don't you take me off of the fact of what I know. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Uh, A better translation of that, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. And the plans that I have for you, they're not evil, but they're good. They're, 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 they're anointed. They're plans of favor and plans that will bring you into the future you hope for. So I'm praying tonight some of you get your hope, re, uh, uh, re, uh, what would I call it, reliving or alive or resurrected or, or put on the front uh, uh, burner once again. Don't let your hope die. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You say, well, this circumstance came and that circumstance came and this person said, and, and, and I just don't know if I have hope. Let me tell you what. Without hope, you're not going anywhere. God says, I'm going to give you the future you hope for. And hope is the very basis of faith. Faith is substance of things hoped for. So I pray tonight you'd start letting your hope come alive. And this year, this open heaven, you've got divine assistance and you're going to move into 
what you hope for. So God is releasing these three blessings to help us re reach our destiny this year. So I want us to look at as just like a chef would get together. How many of you have uh, eaten too many calories while you've been sitting in the house during the snow? Okay. So you know what it is. You've been stirring stuff. I went in the kitchen. The kids were stirring ice and sugar and vanilla flavoring and and some putting caramel sauce in it, and some was putting hot cocoa and cho chocolate mix in it. And they said, do you want a chocolate snow cream? You want vanilla snow cream? You want caramel snow cream? And I said, does it all have sugar? And they said, yes. And I said, well, I might need to pass. And they said, here, taste. I tasted, and that was the end. Oh, taste and see that the Lord and that snow cream was good. Praise the Lord. So we've been mixing some stuff up. Well, here's three important ingredients that we really need that God says, I'm giving you this year. I want you to be mindful of these three ingredients to help you get into your divine destiny. And the first one is the right people. The right people. God said, I'm going to give you the right people in your life this year. See, when God wants to bless you, he'll send a person. And when the devil wants to curse you, he'll send a person. So you better open your eyes and not just look at the person that's coming as, as that's the person. You need to say, I need the person that God's sending. See, God, the devil's trying to send bad people into your life to get you off of your destiny and get you into, uh, out of the purpose of God and destroy your life. But the Lord is trying to send good people into your life to speak the word of God and to speak the life of God and to help you get on track so that you can go into what you were created for. And let me tell you what, only when we do what we were created to do are we going to have that true joy and peace that we all seek for. So either way, whether it's a blessing or a curse, it's going to come through a person. That's why we need to pray every day for 2020 vision to discern the spirit that is motivating uh, what is going on in our life. In Romans 8 and 5, there's a scripture here in Romans 8 and 5 that says, For those who live according to the flesh uh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And this simply means that there are flesh people and there are spirit people. You need to understand that. I love it. God simplifies it. He doesn't make it complicated. You have a choice. There's going to be flesh people and there's going to be spirit people. And it takes the gift of discernment to determine the flesh people from the spirit people. Because every person that comes into your life, they, they don't just bring a body into your presence. They also bring a spirit. Did you know that? Every person in this building, every one of you right now, you're not just in here in body, but you, you bring a spirit in here as well. And it's amazing to me how you pick up whether a person has a sweet spirit or not. You can do that. You can tell whether a person has an angry spirit or whether they have a controlling spirit or a perverted spirit. Don't take much time spending with them. If you've got the spirit of discernment on you, the Holy Spirit will let you see immediately. they got a sick spirit. they got a victim mentality spirit. they got a negative spirit. they got a critical spirit. All you have to do is listen to what they say. Listen to what they say. The Spirit seeks a voice, and the voice will identify uh, where it's coming from. And you can't let these people into your lives. And I'm not saying that you never talk to someone who has a critical spirit. I'm just saying you don't let them come in to where you give ear to them in your personal life. You've got to be careful what you let come into your ear, because what comes into your ear ends up in your mind. Did you know that? So you've got to be careful what comes into your ear. So you've got to be careful what spirit you're listening to. Now, on the other hand, there are some people you get around and you just feel so much better about your life. You just feel like, you know what? The, the future looks bright. And you may haven't been around them 10, 15 minutes. Just somehow or another, they, they help you uh, in a positive way. They're flesh people and they're faith people. Do you hear what I'm saying? Flesh people tear you down and faith people pick you up. 
Flesh people like to give you the trash of hell, and faith people like to give you the treasures of heaven. Let me tell you what. Flesh people feed your fear, and faith people feed your faith. You've got to be careful who you listen to. There are going to be faith people, there's going to be flesh people. Paul said it right there in Romans. He says, he said, when they come to you, he said, you've got to be careful because there are those that are living according to the flesh, and there are those who are living according to the Spirit. We want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, and God will bring people into your life. That's the first ingredient. He's going to bring people to you. Now, you have to ask yourself a very important question. And as you ask yourself this question, do I feel better spiritually after I've spent some time with that person? And if the answer is no, then you need to understand that's a flesh person and the spirit that they're carrying is not the spirit you want to carry. So you've got to be very guarded and careful about how you spend time with them. They can't be your buddy-buddy if you know what I'm saying. But if you say, you know, I feel encouraged to fulfill what God has called me to do after spending time with this person, then you can know that that's a faith spirit, that's a faith person, and that God is sending them into your life to help speak positive and speak life and speak light to that which God has planted on the inside of you. You can say, well, ask yourself, do I feel challenged to do God's best after spending time with them? And if the answer is yes, you need to spend more time with them. And you need to hear what God is saying through them. Uh, but if you say, well, you know, I feel like I need to take a bath after I've been around that person. You ever been around somebody like that? You feel like, man, I, you know, what does Mr. Brown say? You nasty. I got to go take a shower. That's nasty. You know, come on now. So, so, see, God wants to introduce and release into your life the right people. He already, maybe they've already come to you and you haven't received them yet. So you got to understand, this is the year of the open heaven. God is at work. Stephen looked into an open heaven and Jesus stood up. Heaven moved because of what Stephen was going through. Let me tell you what, heaven is moving because of what you're going through. Jesus goes from a seated at the right hand to a standing position because God is preparing and sending what you need to get to where He created you to go. And this is the year of open heaven and we're not going to miss it. Amen? Come on now. You can say a better amen than that. God wants to release the right people in your life. And I believe God is sending some new people or helping you identify people that maybe was already crossing paths, but you never listened to them. You never drew near to them. And that he's going to show you that this is one of the people I sent to you. Let's just pray right now. Father, open our eyes to see the right people, Lord God. And help us to identify the wrong people. Lord, it may, it, the wrong people, if they're carrying the wrong spirit, we're not going to judge them. We're not going to condemn them. We just know that the spirit they carry, we can't allow in our lives. So help us have some backbone to stand up and say, I'm just not going to receive that. And, and that we would put some proper boundaries up, not to allow the negative spirit to come in. And Lord God, we would remove some of the, 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 the walls that we built to receive the right people and the right spirit. Help us do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't you feel better once you pray? Man, I just think you just need to stop and pray. Some folks, well, if I get in the right place and I got my prayer closet and I got, I got my altar build and I got the right music. and I, Man, God is saying, wow, this is, this is tough. This is hard. You got to get in the right spirit and the right mind, the right place at the right time and the right temperature and everything before you can talk to me. He said, what kind of relationship do we have? Man, we just need to talk to God through the day. Amen. Call on the Lord anytime, at all times. Call on Him and you'll find He's right there. Praise God. We look at the life of Paul and when Paul needed to make a change in his life, if you remember, he was Saul. And Saul was, uh, you know, he wasn't a very popular guy in Christianity. 
He was actually persecuting and having Christians murdered and martyred. And, and, and it was not very good what Saul was doing. But let me tell you what, God had a purpose and plan for Saul. And it wasn't that Saul would tear down the kingdom of God, but that Saul would be a part of building up the kingdom of God. But God had to get the right person into his life. And if you remember, when he was going in the wrong direction, God sent Ananias. And, uh, and God sent a person. He sent a person to him. And, and Ananias prayed for him to receive Jesus Christ and for his eyes to be opened. And let me tell you what, his name had to be changed because his whole life was different. Some of us, are, we're going to be so different after we come to serve God with the fullness of everything he's called us to do, that folks will start looking at us as we're a different person, that we're different. We, they'll even may call us by a different name. You can't be the same. You can't be that person. And you say, that person died. This person now lives for Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember later in, in Paul's life when he needed an opportunity to share the ministry uh, that God had given him and the calling that was on his life, the Bible says Barnabas came and opened up the doors for Paul to come into the Christian community. There again, God sends a person to open the door for him and to be a bridge in his life. And let me tell you what, I believe God is sending or going to help you identify uh, the person or persons that he is putting in your life to be a bridge, to be a bridge to get you from where you're at to where you want to be, to get you from this place of just getting by to this place where you are blessed in the by and by. I'm telling you what, God is sending the right people, I, and we just prayed for him to open our eyes to see them, so you can just start putting a smile on your face right now that things are getting better. Think 2017 is going to be a great year. It's going to be an amazing year. Amen. Amen. Because he's going to send the right person. 2 Corinthians 7, uh, 7 and 5 says, For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. This is Paul talking. And we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, in conflicts and inside were fears. Now, if he had stopped right there, we'd want to preach to Paul and say, Paul, wait a minute. Now, you're an apostle of the gospel. You should expect some opposition. You should expect things that the enemy is going to fight against you. But what about this fear on the inside? But look at what he says as he goes on in verse 6. There's a nevertheless. We need some nevertheless the lessons in our life. Now, I remember Peter was fishing all night and he came up on the mo in the morning and there was Jesus on the seashore and, and, and Jesus said, did you catch anything? He said, nope, we didn't catch a thing. Here's an experienced fisherman been out all night. Uh, when the, the fish come up because it's not uh, light, it's dark, they'll come uh, to the surface and they're doing their nets and they didn't catch them. Not a thing, not one. Can you imagine how discouraging that would be? But then Jesus says, well, go back and cast your net on the other side. Now, it would have been very easy for the analytical and the person that just wants to go by numbers and go by experience and go by their expertise to say, you know what, I'm the fisherman here, Jesus, you're the carpenter, that's not going to work out for me. But I love what Peter said. He said, nevertheless, he says, we caught nothing, there's nothing out there, but nevertheless, we're going to do what you said do. And when they did what he said do, in the daytime, when the fish are supposed to be going deep, they came into that net to where their boat and his partner's boats were overflowing, almost sinking because of it. I love the nevertheless. The nevertheless. The doctor says, you know what? Your report doesn't look good and people who go through, have gone through this, uh, it's going to be a negative outcome. You can say, well, you know what? That's what you're saying. But nevertheless, God says that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, that by his stripes I'm healed and I'm going to receive the healing virtue of Christ working in me. That every cell in my body is coming under the power and the authority and the anointing of the word. Nevertheless, I'm coming under the word and the word says that by his stripes I'm healed under I'm coming under the word I'm not going I'm not going to lose everything he's going to meet my needs according to his riches and glory I'm coming under the word amen 
So here Paul is a nevertheless. He said, nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast and comforted us by the coming of Titus. He said, God turned this thing around by sending a person. And his name was Titus. And not only by his coming, but he came with consolation from all of those that he had come from, saying that everybody was praying for us. And everybody was encouraging us. He says, uh, your zeal for me, uh, your mourning for me, so that I rejoiced even the more. Paul says, I was, I was down. Man, the devil was hitting me hard, trying to get fear rooted in me. But Titus, God sent a person, Titus, and Titus helped turn things around. See, God knows how to release the right person at the right time in your life to encourage you. I pray that I could be one of those people that God is sending to you, that I could speak life into your death. I could speak light into your darkness. I could speak hope into your hopeless situation, and that I could speak encouragement into your discouragement, and that we could turn things around and go out of here a different people tonight into what God has called us to do. Amen? Because God knows how to send the right people to encourage you, but you got to be careful now because, let me tell you what, the devil will do the same thing. He knows how to send somebody to discourage you. You know brother Battle Axe Max? You remember him? I'm telling you, your sister Backbite, whose daughter of uh, Mother Gossip the Slanderer, you know them? Uncle, what I call it, it can't be done, it'll never work out. (laughs) You ever met that person? That can't be done. That'll never work out. They just negate everything. Uh, They'll leave you more discouraged. So so I'm I'm praying that uh, what God is saying be released on you. God is saying, I want to release some Tituses in your life. I'm going to bring a Titus into your life this year. And that Titus is going to carry my spirit. And they're going to carry my word. And they're going to come in agreement with you. And they're going to help you to succeed in what God has called you to do. I just declare right now, encouragers into your life. God is sending encouragers into your life. You know, when you're encouraged, you can do a whole lot more than when you're discouraged. And we're going to receive them as as a gift from God. We're going to receive them as an assignment from an open heaven that God is sending us. And then we're going to not only be encouraged, but we're going to become a greater encourager to others. Hallelujah. See, there was another season in Paul's life when I think the best thing you could say is he was a basket case. He was a basket case. You know the story I'm talking about? You know, uh, he was there and, and, and there were those that wanted to kill him and those that wanted to stone him. And, and his friends took and put him over the wall uh, of the city in a basket and let him down. Uh, we got our elevator working. Now we got our basket in the house working. So they had their, their, their uh, not so modern elevator of the day. And uh, they were letting Paul down. And uh, so which means that Paul had to trust them. They were the ones holding the rope. You got to be careful who you let hold your rope. Do you hear what I'm saying? You've got to be careful who you let hold your rope. And as they were holding the rope, they could feel the tension on the rope even until it got to where Paul needed to go. I believe God is bringing some rope holders into our life this year. I believe God is bringing some rope holders who, even though we may be in a basket case, okay, and there's tension that is being felt, they're going to stick with us. They're going to be loyal with us. And they're going to ride this thing out to see us to safety and help make it, make it through. Amen. So you ready to receive your rope holders? Amen. Lord God, we just receive them right now. Before we see them, we receive them, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name. Praise God. Remember there was Naaman the leper? Remember him? God released a, a servant girl to tell him about Elijah the prophet. 
So here's this servant girl that is telling him about Elijah the prophet. Remember, he had the leprosy and, and his situation was, was hopeless, according to man. So a servant girl tells him about Elijah the prophet. And, and I'm just so thankful that we need not class. I was talking to somebody before, uh, during the beginning of the service here. And, and uh, they were telling me, you know, certain people have certain privileges and in, in other ranks and so forth in other places. I said, well, this is God's house and we got no class here. We, there's, just, there's just one class. We're all first class. Amen. We're all first class. Amen. We're brothers and sisters. We're available. I got nobody serving me, nobody wiping my sweat, nobody guarding me here tonight. You know what? I got my own water. I can handle it because I'm one of you and you're, you're with me. And we're just, we're, we're, we're not just low, we're not low class. We're not middle class. We're all first class. Because we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. We're a royal priesthood is what my Bible tells me. And I just choose to believe what God declares over me rather than what the world has tried to declare over me. Amen. So we need 2020 vision when it comes to discernment so that we can see uh, the right people and identify the wrong people in our life. There may be some people you need to make an adjustment on your relationship. Okay. They're carrying a wrong spirit. So they're not a brother or sister in Christ that's carrying the spirit of Christ. And you not, don't judge them and don't condemn them. But you need to say there's a spirit coming through them that is not the spirit of God. And that spirit is trying to destroy me. That spirit is trying to kill me. That spirit is trying to discourage me. And I need to stop listening to that spirit. And I need to open up to the right person that God has for me. And you remember that scripture in Luke 6, 38? Uh, we were just talking about this at the house. Uh, we were talking about law of reciprocity. And, and, and our daughter said, Morgan said, what is reciprocity? And I said, oh, you ask a preacher, what is reciprocity? Hallelujah. And uh, so we began to explain the law of reciprocity, which comes right out of uh, Luke 6, 38, where Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you. In other words, when you give out, it comes back. It's like a reciprocating saw. It goes and it comes, goes out and it comes back, goes out and comes back to, to get the job done. It can't be one way. It can't be you just receiving and it can't be you just giving. He said, give and you will receive good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over uh, will be put into your bosom for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, the, the version uh, that I want to go into, King James says, uh, men shall give back to you. So it identifies, which is assumed here, but it's actually spoken out there. So it's God's going to use people. He's going to use people to give it back to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. Well, I hear people say all the time, well, God blessed me. He gave me a promotion. And, and, and I understand where that's coming from because everything that happened was inspired by God. But you've never received a check that had Jehovah Jireh signed on him. You know, you've never done that. Now, God blessed you through someone else, right? So we need to understand the importance of people and how God uses them. See, God says, not only am I going to release people in your line uh, to be a blessing to you and to encourage you and to challenge your faith and to stir your spirit, man, to walk uh, upright before God. He says, I'm also going to release folks into your life that are going to help uh, come alongside and, and help you accomplish what I've called you to do. See, what God has called us to do is a miracle. I love what Brother Harry says. He says, he said this to me years and years back. He says, you know, if, if what you're trying to do, you can do it in your own strength. It's not what God's called you to do. Because what God's called you to do is going to require a miracle. The plan for your life is, is going to require a miracle. 
And in part of the miracle is God's going to bring people in to help us, people in to encourage us, and people in to come alongside. So we need to say, Lord, I receive the right people. Blessing people, I receive them. Faith people, I receive them. Spirit people, I receive them. Giving people, I receive them. I receive the right people in this new season. Are you in agreement with that? Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And secondly, we need to understand that when God calls us and saves us, He not only has the right people connected to our destiny, but He also has the right places for us. See, we just can't be wanderers in this life. We've got to understand that God's got a place for us, and we need to find that place. We need to find that place. There's a place that God has created. See, places are important to God. Do you know He created a place before He ever created mankind? Go back to Genesis and read the account. A place was created before a person was created. Praise God. So places are important. And then God created the person and put him in the place. You remember Elijah, the prophet of God? He prophesied to King Ahab. Remember we were looking at that story on Sunday? And he said it's not going to rain for, for three and a half years or until uh, I say so. And this drought came, this famine came. And, came and, and God says, okay, I'm going to take care of you, Elijah. You've spoken my word and the heavens have been closed, but I'm going to take care of you. So he tells him in 1 Kings 17, he said, I need you to go down <clears throat> to this brook called Cherith. And he says, it is there where I will feed you. And if you remember, the ravens brought him bread and meat two times a day, and he drank the water that was coming from the brook. It was there that God took care of him. Now, if he had said, God, I'm not going to the brook called Cherith. I'm going to another brook that I like this when the scenery is better. Let me tell you what. He wouldn't have had ravens feeding him, and he probably wouldn't have had a, a water in that brook. But God sent him to the place where God had provision for him. I thank God you're here at Christian Embassy tonight because I believe this is a place. This is a place where the water flows from heaven, the living water and the bread and the meat of the Word of God comes forth. I thank God for this place. I love this place. I drive up on this place. I say, thank you, Jesus, for this place. This is not just a place. This is a house that is dedicated to God. This is a, an open heaven. You remember Jacob had the dream and, and there was an open heaven. He got up and he said, I call this place Bethel for this is the house of God. The house of God. The house of God is where there's an open heaven. Let me tell you what, there's an open heaven over this place. There's an open heaven in this house. Hallelujah. And the provision of God definitely has come forth. And then you remember the day came when the brook dried up and God says, uh, now I want you to go <clears throat> to Zarephath and, uh, and there, there's going to be a widow there. Now Zarephath means the place where metal is taken to the next level. You know, in order to make metal forged and metal tough, it has to go through processes. Well, Zarephath was the place you took metal to the next level. It was the level of refinement where the silversmith would, would put his emblem and his stamp of approval on the finished product. So now God is moving him to the next place, to Zarephath. And Zarephath belonged to Zidon, which was called the place of harvest. Now, I'm telling you, God's moving us. He's moving us into the place of harvest this year. And, hallelujah. And he was, he was commanded. He, God said, I want you to dwell there. I want you to dwell there. And that word dwell in the Hebrew, yashab, it's that same word we read in Psalms 22 and 3 where God says He inhabits the praises of His people. Yashab. It's move in with covenant blessings and as a covenant partner. It's the marriage covenant uh, partnership where what is mine is yours and what is yours is mine. So when we praise God, He moves in. Yashab in covenant uh, partnership with us. 
And God tells Elijah, he says, I want you to go there to Zarephath and I want you to Yashop. I want you to covenant there. There's places we need to be in covenant with. I thank God for the partners in this house. Oh my, my thanking God for the hundreds of people that have decided to, to partner. We've covenanted together in this place where God can refine us and He can strengthen us and He can put His stamp of approval on us and so that we can go out and be used in the, out in the marketplace and used to accomplish and to free people up and to help people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, emblem we see here, a symbolic uh, a structure that God has given to us. So God said, I've commanded a widow there to sustain you. I've commanded a widow there, Elijah, there. It was a place, and she's going to sustain you. Now, we would all say, you know, uncle, uh, uncle that it can't be done uh, would always tell us, well, a widow can't take care of you. She can't take care of herself in a drought, in a season like this. But God said, there, I've got the right person as well in the right place. And if you get to the right place and the right person, the miracle is going to take place. And you remember he said, prepare the bread. And she said, well, I've only got enough for a few cakes to make and feed me and my son. And then we're going to die. We had nothing else. And you remember he said, you feed me first. And when she did that, it opened the heavens. And every time she dipped in for flour and every time she needed oil, it did not run out until the famine was over. There was a supernatural, miraculous supply until the famine ended. I'm here to tell you that God wants to bring you to the place where there, no matter what's going on in the economy of the world, no matter what's going on in the circumstances around you, that there is a supernatural supply that every time you dip in, there is more than enough there. There's enough to take care of you and your family and the guest of the uh, honor as well because God says I've got an open heaven for you even in an earthly closed heaven I've got an open heaven a portal for you to receive the supernatural provision that I have for you but it takes these ingredients you got to have the right people you got to have the right place and when you're in the right place everybody everybody gets blessed so you got to get into the right place every one of you be included our blessing is connected to a place. Now, that's why I don't believe that you treat the house of God lightly. You know, there's this thing, well, the, the house of God is just, just a building. And people just say it's a building. You know, like a place is not important to God. It's only people. We make up the church. Honestly, we do, as people make up the church. And we can have church under an oak tree. We can have church out in the desert. We can have church out in the middle of the highway. We're the church. But then, let me tell you what, God has always, through the scriptures, also blessed and ordained a place. A place. And that's why we don't want you just treating this house just like, like it's just commonplace. Someone said, oh, we're going to have a Super Bowl uh, in, in the sanctuary. We're going to get that big screen to Super Bowl. You think I'm going to bring that kind of commercial in the house of God? You think I'm going to bring that kind of attitude? Some of you act worse than your 10-year-old or your 7-year-old when it comes to sports, you know. There's a part of you hadn't been tamed yet. That's okay. That's okay. You can do your wild stuff at your house, but we're not going to act a crazy and act a fool in the house of God. Now, if you're in a church, you've been to a church that does that, that's fine, that's fine. But I, I, just, I just think that this is a special place. 
And, and this is a place, and, and, and there again, I'm not saying touch these walls and you're going to receive a touch from God. I'm not saying that. It's just this place has been dedicated for the advancement of the kingdom of God, the preaching of the word of God, the laying on of hands, seeing the sick healed. This is a place that has been dedicated to baptize believers into the body of Christ. This is a place where we come in, in Yashab Covenant and we bring marriages together. This is a place that is special, and I want to keep it that way. I want to keep it that way. Now, if Dallas is in the Super Bowl, I'm going to be acting probably a 10-year-old as well. And I'm going to be crazy. But I'm not going to do it in this house, okay? And, uh, but, but, you know, let's, let's just have some respect for the place. We walk in here. Let me say, God can touch you out in the street. And he will touch you out in the street. But when you get a bunch of us in a place that we've dedicated, we stood here, we men stood here when this was just concrete. There was nothing but metal up here, and we men locked arms. And you remember that, brother? We locked arms right in here. And we dedicated and consecrated this place, God. And we said, God, this is a miracle place. We don't have the money to do this. We don't have the resources to do this. We don't have the know-how to do this. We just heard you say, rise up and build. And God, you showed us what to build, and we, we're going to trust you. So we're going to dedicate it to you. We're going to give you all the credit. We're going to give you all the glory, and we're going to give you all the honor. And we stood here, <clears throat> 20, 30 men, and, uh, and we did that. And you know what? I want to I honor that, that this is the place of the Lord. Amen? So if you've got gossip, take it outside. Actually, just take it across the street. I don't know if they would mind or not. I didn't ask their permission. But if you want to got, got gossip, you want to slander, you want to talk bad about somebody, how about just go out some, I don't know where, but not on the property. You know what? Let's don't do the devil's work on, on the property that's been dedicated to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I got one hand clap. Praise God for you tuning in. They still love me here, I promise you. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> we, need to be, we need to be careful how we allow our flesh to dictate whether or not we come to church, you know. Uh, we say, oh, that's not important. I don't need to go. We need to be here. There's something about coming to the place that God has set up. Uh, 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 you know, it's what church is, the ecclesia is to call together, called out and called together. We're to be called together. And when we come together, I believe we can do greater things than if we all are out here independent doing our own thing. So uh, I just encourage you in that. So be sensitive to be in the right place. There is a place. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a place. There's a place. Hallelujah. And I believe that CEIC, Christian Embassy, is a place connected to the blessing of God. I know we are connected to the covenant of God, that, we, that Christian Embassy is the house of God, that Christian Embassy is a place where the Holy Spirit is not quenched. As long as God has put me as a pastor here, I tell the Holy Spirit every day, I walk these halls every day, whether I'm in the bathroom or I'm upstairs in the conference room or I'm in this sanctuary. I'm, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, we don't quench you in this house. You can do what you want. You can say what you want. And then I'll just start praying in the Spirit. Just to just give my faith some action to say, Holy Spirit, you do what you want here. This is your house. You heal. You, I can't open the blinded eyes, but you can. I can't open deaf ears, but you can. I can't cause the lame to walk, but you can. I can't save a soul, but you can. I can't set somebody free from an addiction, but you can. 
Amen. So Holy Spirit, you're free in this house. You are free in this house. And if you think you're coming in here with a spirit that says, no, we're going to have a religious control in this house and we're going to say how it's going to be dictated, when it's going to start, when it's not going to start, what's going to be said and what's not going to be done, we're going to usher you to the altar and if we can't get you delivered, we're going to usher you out the door because let me tell you what, we're not going to let anybody quench the Holy Spirit in this house because Christian Embassy is a place where the anointing of God is free to flow. Why? Because we need the anointing of God. Why? Because we need the miracle power of God. Why? Because we need His grace and we need His mercy. Say amen. Hallelujah. So Christian Embassy is a place that I believe God can be glorified. He is glorified. Jesus is worshipped as the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's not about a personality in this house. It's about Him, the person of the third person of the Godhead, or the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. You're not here to serve me. Pastor Radika is so specific in our uh, Discover Embassy class. She, she's so, so specific to say to new people that are coming in that we are not a church where you're here to serve the pastor. That we as pastors are here to serve you as we show you how we serve the body of Christ and we serve the Lord. This is all about serving the Lord. This is about serving His kingdom and serving His purpose and serving His plan. Somebody say, I roll my sleeves up and I'm ready to serve. Come on now. Say, I'm ready to serve in your kingdom, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you remember back with Elijah, his uh, successor was Elisha. But Elisha had some stipulations. Remember Elijah said, Elisha wants to uh, receive the mantle and the anointing that, that Elijah has. And uh, Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing. He says, because you've got to be with me. You've got to be with me uh, in order for this to take place. So he wanted a double portion, if you remember. So he had to be at the right place at the right time with the right person in order to get the double portion. But you remember what Elisha did. He says, I'm not going back. He takes care of everything that would uh, be a bridge that would take him back to his past. He burns it. He says, it's time to go forward. Somebody needs to burn the bridges of your past. Burn it, brother. Frankie knows exactly what I'm talking about. You've got to burn those bridges because they'll lead you back to destruction. They'll lead you back to uh, out of God's plan. You've got to go forward. And he says, I'll be there. And he was there. And he received a double portion. And you read about the life of Elisha and you'll see double happen in his life than what happened in Elijah's life. I need, I need some Elishas to rise up in this house and say, you know what? We read about John G. Lake and we read about <clears throat> all of these amazing men and women of God and, and we just sit back in awe saying, oh, if I could just have a taste of that. I want somebody to believe God for what God did there. Double! Double! Let double come on me because our God is, he is inexhaustible. He has, he has everything that we need if we just have faith to believe and tap into it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It was Exodus 33, 21. And the Lord said, There is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and, you, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Did you see that? God says, there is a place. Here is a place uh, by me. There's a place that we need to say, I want to be with the Lord. I want to be walking with God. I want to hear what He's saying. I don't want to hear what somebody else said that somebody else said that somebody else said that the Lord said. I want to hear what God is saying to me. So God said, there's a place by me. There's a rock that I want to put you. I'll take care of you in the cleft of the rock. He says, nothing will harm you, but there's a place by me. Somebody just says, I need to, this year, I need to move to that place right there by God. Hallelujah. You remember Peter, 
Uh, he was in the place near Jesus. When, Je when he was near Jesus, remember now when Jesus came, he laid his glory aside. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. He laid his glory aside. And the Bible says that he didn't come with any of his splendor and his glory from heaven as the son of the living God and as God. But he laid that aside and he came as a man. And he talks about as a man, we see that uh, he then showed us how to live a sinless life and an empowered life by depending on the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and began to lead him in his ministry, began. So we, can, we got access to the same Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit was on uh, and in Jesus, he, he was the anointed body of Christ. Now, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's Christos. It means anointing or anointed one. So Jesus in the physical body as the Son of Man was carrying the anointing. So he was the body of the anointing or the body of Christ. Okay? As long as Peter was near the body of Christ, connected to the body of Christ, he was bold. He was bold as a lion. I'm telling you what, you remember the soldier came and was going to arrest Jesus? And what Peter said, he takes his sword and cuts his ear off. Before Jesus even had to, uh, to rebuke him because Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem. And Peter said, no, they'll crucify you. And he gets up and he stands and he said, you're not going to Jerusalem. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. Boy, he was so bold that he would even listen to the wrong spirit. He had a fight in him. Now he's cutting a soldier's ear off. This would be punishable by death what he did. He was bold. But let me tell you what. When he got away from the body of Christ, Jesus, you know, a teenage girl says, aren't you the one? And he's scared. And he said, I, I, and he denied the Lord. He lost all of his boldness. He lost all of it when he separated from the body of Christ. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She says, I've been to a lot of places and they're draining me. They're breaking me. They're leaving me empty. They're leaving me undone. They're leaving me where I'm dying. And she said, these other places, I'm in debt. I'm sick and I have lack and want. She said, but if I can get to the right place, right there by the body of Christ, if I can just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She knew the blessing was connected to the place. Psalms tells us in 91 verses 1 and 2 that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. So the only way you can walk in someone's shadow is if you walk close to them, abiding in the presence of God, dwelling in the secret place in the shadow of the Almighty. The only way you can walk into somebody's shadows, you've got to be pretty close to them. Remember Apostle Paul, he tells us that we now are the body of Christ. Now that Jesus ascended unto the heavens and sent us His Holy Spirit, and the day of Pentecost that we welcomed Him, the Holy Spirit came and now not only abides on us, but abides in us. Now making us that church that Jesus is building that the gates of hell shall not prevail again. So now we are the body of Christ. We are, that's why we're called Christians. We are the ones of the anointing. We're the ones that carry the anointing. Wow. We the church. We're the anointed ones. The body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So the church is where you can find the place. The place that will help you be bold. The place that will help you to learn that will be in the shadow of what God is calling us to do. I would say let 2017 be a year you're committed to the house of God that you're committed to His house and His presence and His place like never before. And then that third ingredient as we wrap this thing up is we got to have the right people, we got to have the right places, and we got to have the right plan. 
We've got to have the right plan. If you don't have the right plan, you've just got flour and milk. You don't, have any, you don't have any eggs or you don't have any sugar. That cake is not going to come out. Your life is not going to come out the way it's supposed to. You've got to put all of the ingredients in and we need the right plan. Now let me encourage you with this. God says, I've got the right plan for you. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11? He said, for I know the plans that I have for you. See, God's got a plan for you. He's already got it. He's not trying to figure it out. He's already got it. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you. You say, well, my circumstances don't look like, like I'm prospering. You're not in the plan of God. Because the plan of God, He wants to prosper you. He wants to bring you in 2017. You say, well, 2016 was good. He wants to bring you into better. You say, well, 2016 was better than 2015. He wants to bring you into something that's even best. You know, He's got a plan for you to take you from glory to glory. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, and they're plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope, or to give you the, uh, uh, the future you hope for. So, I'm here to just tell you, remind you over and over again. This whole year, I'm going to remind you over and over. God's plans are to advance you. God's plans, I'm telling you what, God is an entrepreneur. He cares about you. He cares about you. He never releases a miracle without first giving a plan. He has a plan for you. You will find this mode of operation uh, uh, that, that God works by throughout the Bible. Where, where God, uh, He releases a miracle after first giving a plan. He's got a plan for you and the miracle will follow. He has a plan for you and the miracle will follow. What you want to do is receive the plan He has for your life. Now, I know you've got a plan for your life. How well, did, how, how well is that working out for you? Is it causing distress? Is it causing discouragement? Is it causing sadness? You know, sometimes we've got to be the prodigal son. And we've got to think our plans are all great. And we, just, we say, God, Father, we don't, we're not going with your plan. But He gives us that story so we don't have to end up eating with the pigs. Now, if you're hard-headed and you want to go and eat with the pigs, that's where your plan will take you. It's going to take you lower and lower. And I don't know what you're eating the pigs. For a Jewish boy to be eaten with the pigs, that was as low as it could go. I don't know what your low is, but your plan will take you there. That's what the Word promises. But God says, trust me, I created you, and I got a plan for you. And my plans are to prosper you. They're not to harm you. My plans is to give you the future you hope for. If you'll stick with me, your future will be what you always dreamed of that you didn't even realize. You kept waking up and couldn't remember the dream. You're like, well, I know it's supposed to be good, but you didn't remember the dream. God says, stick with me, and you'll end up what you were dreaming of. You'll be like, man, I've got the dream life. This is the life I was dreaming of. That's what God has for you. Hallelujah. Let me just show you uh, here uh, a few examples of this. Joshua needed a miracle, okay? Remember that? Joshua needed a miracle, and here's the plan. March around the walls one time a day for six days, and on the seventh day, march, march around the walls of Jericho seven times. God gave a plan. When he needed a miracle, here's a fortified city. They're coming into the promises that God had for them, but that was standing right smack dab in front of them, and God had a plan. Let me tell you what, if you've, got a, if you've got a problem, you've got a situation, turn to God. He's got a plan. And if you'll work the plan, He'll work the miracle. Yeah. So they worked the plan, and then the walls came tumbling down because God worked the miracle. Remember Noah? He needed uh, salvation for his family because there was a flood coming. God says, here's the plan. Build, build an ark, 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, three stories high with a window on the top. 
And when he did work the plan, God worked the miracle. Naaman, you, you know, he had leprosy. You remember Naaman with leprosy? And here's the plan. God had a plan. He needed a miracle. God had a plan. Go to the Jordan River, not any other river, but the Jordan River, and dip what? Seven times. That was the plan. See, God's specific in His plan. And once He dipped the seventh time, He come up into leprosy was gone and His skin was as like a brand new baby. There wasn't even any wrinkles there from His age. Hallelujah. You remember in Isaiah 45, verses 1 through 5, the script, there was a letter from God to King Cyrus that was written 150 years before He was born. See, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're already written out. They're already down. I'm not going to figure it out for you. I've already got plans for you. And if you'll just tune in to me, I'll share those plans with you. In 1 Kings 13, Josiah is prophesying 374 years before he was ever born. It was prophesied he was going to be born because God had a plan for him. I'm here to tell you, John the Baptist, if you remember in Luke chapter 1, God gives uh, 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 Elizabeth and uh, you know his name. You're not going to call him Zachariah. You're going to call him John. You're going to call him John. And, and he says he's going to come in the spirit of Elijah. And he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their sons and the hearts of the sons back to their father. Let me tell you what. He says, I've got a plan. And John was obedient to that. And exactly that's what happened. And he was the one that baptized Jesus. And now Jesus has carried that anointing in this house right now. And God is turning the hearts of the fathers back to their sons and the hearts of the sons back to their fathers. There's supernatural miracle of mending taking place under the sound of my voice right now. There's powerful anointing that is knit, of knitting together and stitching together what God's Word has promised because God has a plan and we're going to work the plan. Hallelujah. God had a plan for him before he was ever born. Samson, the same thing. God visited his mother and he said, I'm going to give you a son and he's going to be a great deliverer and I want you to raise him a specific way. He's to take the Nazarite vow. He's not to drink any wine. He's not to cut his hair. He's not to touch dead things. God already had a plan for him before he was ever born. Before he ever came, he told his mother, this is what's going to happen with the boy that you're going to get pregnant with and carry and give birth to. And let me tell you what, with, with great confidence, I say to you tonight, God has a plan for your life too. God has a plan for you too. In Jeremiah 1 and 5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were ever a twinkle in your mom or your daddy's eye, God says, I already knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I'm here to declare tonight, God has a plan for your life. And that plan is to be unfolded in 2017. Let go of the pain and let go of the past and let go of the hurt and let go of the bad decisions and let go of the stupid things you've done in 2016 and say in 2017 I'm connecting to the plan of God the plan of God to prosper the plan of God to promote the plan of God to anoint the plan of God to heal the plan of God to take me to the next level because God has a plan for my life hallelujah, hallelujah. and let me tell you the devil will come in and say you can't you can't God can't have a plan for you you were illegitimate you were an accident well, let me tell you right now, you came from God by way of your father through your mother. You need to hear that. You came from God by way through your father and through your mother. You need to get that and understand that. You didn't come from your father. You didn't come from your mother. You came through them. 
And no matter what sinful timing may have acted upon the time or the sin that they have dealt with, let me tell you what, none of that has in any way taken away from the fact that you came from God. God said, before you were in your mother's womb, before that, I knew you and I have a plan for you. Let me tell you what, the devil's been lying to you and telling you it was because of this or because of that. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. You came from God. You didn't come from illegitimacy. You didn't come from an unloved father, a father that an unloved relationship. You came from God. You, they were only the vehicles that God got His prized possession to this earth. Hallelujah. No child can be born without God giving life to the seed. That's why abortion is so wrong. Because God has a plan for every person that He puts here on earth. Before I formed you. Before I formed you in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb. God talking here. Who formed you in the womb? Your daddy? No. Your mama? No. God, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I have a plan for you. Hallelujah. So we did not come from our parents. We came from God. We came through our parents. Somebody needed to hear that. Somebody needs to be freed up for that lie right now. And you need to start soaring into your destiny. Hallelujah. That means, let me tell you what, what I just said means this, that your assignment cannot be messed up because of who you came through. Because you came from God. It can't be messed up. You go into the prisons and you minister to these guys and, and they all got problems. So many of them got problems with their daddy. Their daddy wasn't there. Their daddy this, their daddy that. And many of them, their mother. The mother tried to support. She got into drugs. She got into this and a lifestyle and bringing men that they didn't like and they hated and that did this and did that. And, you know, and there's all this mess up and the devil's got them stuck believing because their assignment is messed up because their life that they came through was messed up. I'm here to tell you, your assignment is not in any way limited by the uh, mess up that you came through. I guarantee we can all tell some testimony in here, and I'd like to start out by telling some testimony if I could, and I'm just going to just kind of just hit it real brief. I didn't come through the perfect setup either. That's why a 17-year-old boy named Tim Lambert tried to kill himself because it was so messed up he didn't know how to handle it. The pain was so great, he thought death was better than life. So, so I'm standing here telling you, your assignment is not, will, cannot be messed up because you came through a messed up situation. And you need to understand that. And rise up and say, I'm a son of God or I'm a daughter of God. I came from God. That's a messed up situation I came through, but thank God I'm here. And now that I'm here, I'm going to trust you, Lord, to fulfill my assignment. Hallelujah. Praise God. God said, I've got a plan for you. I've got a plan for you. Hell can't mess up that plan. Setback, setbacks can't stop that plan. Bankruptcy won't mess up that plan. Broken marriage is not going to stop that plan. Sickness is not going to stop that plan. Attacks from the enemy won't stop that plan. And the reason why is because God has the plan. God has the plan. And if you got off track, I encourage you, get back on track. The plan has never changed. The plan is not messed up. Hallelujah. So come on, let's stand together. Let's stand together. Glory to God. Come on, let's declare this. Let's declare it. Let's just, oh my, my, get your declaration voice and just say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I die to me and I live for Him. 
I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's moving me from glory to glory. God has a plan for my life. He's bringing the right people and the right places. And He's outpouring His favor because He loves me. He's got a plan for me. A plan to prosper me. A plan to give me a future and a hope. A plan to bless me. A, bless, a plan to promote me. Hell is not going to mess up this plan. Loss is not going to stop this plan. Lack of money is not going to stop this plan. Brokenness is not, brokenness is not going to stop this plan. Attacks from the enemy is not going to stop this plan. And the reason why is because God has a plan for my life. Go ahead and say it right now. I'm here on purpose for a purpose. Come on, say, I'm here on purpose for a purpose. you got power in your mouth, so say it. I'm here on purpose for a purpose. Now say, I'm ready to start living for my purpose. And I'm ready to start living on purpose. Father God, we just thank You. You heard the declarations of your these voices, these hearts, these lives right now. We want to thank You, God, right now that through the power of our declaration we're going to now walk into what we have declared and decreed in Jesus' name. We're going to walk into it right now in the name of Jesus. There's somebody here right now needs to repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I got off track. I'm sorry I listened to the wrong people. I'm sorry I moved to the wrong place. I'm sorry, Lord God, that I've not been living by the right place. But right now, I come to you, Jesus. Just tell, I come to you. I'm coming back home. I'm coming to you. I'm giving you my all. I'm going to live though, this plan on purpose. And I'm going to live it for you to bring glory and honor to your kingdom. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah.